Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford, joined, as always, by my trusted colleague, Weston Hodkowitz, who actually has Vince Lombardi behind him, just like I do, as we come to you from different locations here at Lambeau Field. And Wes, we are told, and we've been allowed being allowed to say this on the show, that this is the last Zoom episode of Unscripted. We will be back in the studio with new cameras and a whole new setup and everything for our next show. But for now, here we are. But uh, but yeah, Vince is in your background as well as mine. That's actually kind of cool. Yeah, it really is. And uh, the Lombardi show, you can call this one. Uh, no, I mean... <laughs> The, the thing about it is, I mean, obviously we're in a big transition right now with our control room. And, and as much as I want to be back in your physical presence and be able to work off of each other and have that real interpersonal dialogue, it this this past like four or five months kind of brought me back to COVID a little bit when I'm sitting in my <laughs> yeah. attic and you're sitting in your living room or your office, whatever it was, and kind of just making this whole thing work. But, you yeah, know, the beautiful we, thing we about fi- it, we figure it out as we go, right? The beautiful thing about it is we have some incredible microphones. So for the people that actually just listen to this as a podcast, probably have never actually seen anything different. But uh, <laughs> I, I certainly am looking forward to being back and uh, doing these things up close and personal. Yeah. Well, uh, for this episode, we posted, we recorded and posted a little bit early because we needed to uh, get this done prior to all of the news that is going to happen on uh, Tuesday, Tuesday afternoon with regard to the roster reductions. And we will get to uh, some thoughts outlining that in a minute. But first, to recap the Packers preseason finale against the Seattle Seahawks, Wes, the final tune-up for the starters, and of course, in that regard, most of the attention all month long has been on Jordan Love and the offense. That's where so much youth on the Green Bay Packers resides. And for the third straight game, Jordan Love and the number one offense produced a touchdown in uh, in their brief cameo. And um, yeah, some things could have gone a little bit better, a little bit smoother. But to score a touchdown in each of the three preseason games with your new starting quarterback, that's not a bad way to go into the regular season. And to end, you know, end all those games feeling pretty good about yourself. I mean, it went from Cincinnati to New England to, you know, that finale against the um the Seahawks, you know, all three times, I think it was like, Oh, the offense got better today. I I felt like, you know, one of the arguments I made for playing 
love and the starters in these games was the ability to maximize the reps afforded to you during training camp. And we said from day one, Mike, the Packers needed every single one of them they can get, whether it's the public practices, the private practices, any of them. This is one of the big things that you have to go about doing. So I really look at it as, you know, 15 plays, 80 yards, talking to Christian Watson about it afterwards. It was all the things that happened on that series that make me feel really confident about where the Packers are heading offensively. It's vanilla defenses, Mike. But as we talk about, if you don't move the ball against vanilla defenses, that's also a cause for concern. The Packers were able to do that. They did it with a left tackle and Rasheed Walker, who had played four special team snaps a year earlier. Now he's blocking the blind side of Jordan Love while David Bakhtiari sits out of the preseason game. You did it with Patrick Taylor and Emmanuel Wilson cycling in the background. You did it with Malik Heath, an undrafted free agent, catching a big slant route for 15 yards. Oh, and then, by the way, when it came time for Pater, 60-yard touchdown to Christian Watson. And as Watson told us afterwards, that's a one-on-one play that he expects to make and the Packers hope to continue making this season. I thought for Jordan Love's final audition here before we get into the regular season – it was an absolutely outstanding performance. Yeah, I think uh, I think the Packers offense feels pretty good about itself heading into the regular season. Obviously, they know they didn't necessarily face everybody's number ones on the defensive side of the ball. Nobody's, you know, nobody's saying they've got this all figured out or anything like that. They got the reps they needed. They put points on the board on a fairly regular basis. They started to smooth smooth some things out, and now things will shift into the whole game planning phase. This isn't, you know, it's not just practicing the playbook anymore. It's going to be starting to game plan for the Chicago Bears in week one. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. But in your last comment, you mentioned two players that I think are worth talking about here within the context of guys who made a, a you know, it's it's a it's a cliche meteoric rise, but I'll say it anyway, a rise of that type up the depth chart in this training camp and preseason. And I'm talking about Rasheed Walker on the offensive line and Malik Heath in the receiving core. Rashid Walker, as you mentioned, a seventh round pick a year ago, um, took in some senses took a redshirt year as a rookie here in Green Bay. And now by the end of his second training camp, he is the number two left tackle. Uh, he was the guy filling in the back half of training camp for David Bakhtiari when he was not um, lined up with the first unit. And then Malik Heath, an undrafted receiver. We know this is a young receiving core. There were three draft picks that were brought in, but by the end of training camp and the final preseason game, Malik Heath is out there 
running with the ones catching passes from Jordan Love in um in that final preseason game. Those are two guys that at the beginning of training camp we wouldn't have said that we're going to be, you know, spending a whole lot of time talking about them, but uh um but their rise individually up the depth chart at their respective positions very impressive. Absolutely. And it's starting off with Walker. I asked, you know, Sean Clifford after the game on Saturday, you know, Clifford, that was his left tackle at Penn state yeah. for, I believe two years. And, you know, he even said, he's like, you watch his film from a year ago to watching it now, not, not even just looking at the Penn state stuff, just in green Bay, just seeing the quantum leap that Walker made. And the story I keep telling people, Mike, if you go back to the 2021 NFL draft and you, you have those immediate, like, Hey, what you know, way too early predictions for the draft for the following year. There were a lot of pundits out there that thought that Rashid Walker was going to be a first round pick the next year. And unfortunately, some injuries, some things happened. He ends up falling to the Packers in the seventh in the actual 2022 NFL draft, virtually red shirts, and comes back this year looking to be at a completely stacked position with Yash Nyman coming back on the tender. Certainly, you had you know Zach Tom looking like he's going to start somewhere. And here comes Rashid Walker. And not just the fact that, okay, he made this big improvement. The fact that the Packers trusted him enough to block the blind side of Jordan Love in two preseason games in which they're going to be under the microscope wanting to make sure that he stays healthy, I think that showed a lot of faith in him. And then from Malik Heath's standpoint, now again, we're going to post this. We're going to see how everything shakes out. But guys who I thought made a great account of themselves as, as undrafted rookies, as college free agents, I don't think really Malik Heath could have done much more to impress this team and impress this coaching staff, led the Packers with receiving in the preseason. And in every opportunity he was given, I thought absolutely capitalized on it for a guy that came in as a backdoor college free agent to be starting with the number one offense in that preseason finale. And even getting those work, those reps in practice the week leading up to it, I think really speaks volumes about what the coaching staff thought of him and the camp that Heath really put together in green Bay. Yeah, absolutely. Well, another question I want to throw your way with this uh, training camp and preseason now in the books, and we talk a lot about the rookies, of course, and 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 where they are and how they're going to fit in. So the 2023 draft class for the Packers, which draft pick impressed you the most over the past month? Luke Musgrave, uh, just because I thought the strides he made from day one to where it ended. I mean, he's going to be asked to fill a, a really pivotal role in this offense now, especially with Tyler Davis out for the year. Uh, you know, Josiah DeGuar has a lot of experience, but he's used more as an H back when they go to 11 personnel packages in the middle of the field, you're going to see number 88 quite a bit. And I felt like the Packers that, you know, they made an investment towards the future, the highest they've drafted a tight end in 23 years since Bubba Franks, when they took Musgrave at number 42 and you saw the speed, you saw the length, you saw the legs, you saw all the things that fit with him, but I like the grind that he kind of was on throughout camp. He didn't rest on his athleticism. He wants to do the nitty gritty parts of the tight end position as well. A lot of these guys, I think on paper, we had a really good idea of what these prospects are going to look like. Luke Musgrave, especially coming off of that injury, was the guy that I thought impressed me the most in terms of what he offered to this football team that went beyond the the, the resume and the draft grades that ultimately got him selected in the second round. Yeah, and my selection with regard to this is actually going to be from the same round of the draft, the second round, and it's it's Jaden Reed, the wide receiver from Michigan State. He, from almost the moment he began taking reps with the number one offense, he just 
has looked like he fits this offense that he's he is what the Packers have been looking for in that role they have tr- they tried Amari Rogers as a draft pick they tried a veteran like Tavon Austin a couple of years back they've tried different guys in that slot role obviously Randall Cobb was here and no offense to Randall Cobb Jaden Reed looks like he fits this offense better than Randall Cobb ever did um and what he's done as a rookie and what appears to be his very extensive knowledge of the playbook and the connection that he's developed with Jordan Love in a very short time. You said it, Musgrave is going to play a big role in this offense. I think Jaden Reed is going to play just as big a role in this offense as a rookie. And Packers are going to they're they're going to have some growing pains on offense because they're going to be counting on young guys like this who have who have so much to learn and so much to figure out and it is such a long season it is such a grind especially for rookies who have gone through all of that pre-draft stuff and then you and then after you get drafted then you get thrown into a rookie mini camp and then you're thrown into OTAs with the veterans and mandatory mini camp you get about a month of a break and then you've got to be you know in uh training camp full speed ahead and you're the one you're the guys who are taking a bunch of snaps in the preseason games because the coaches want to get you ready because they're going to be counting on you this is going to be a, a long haul for these rookie draft picks that the Packers are going to be counting on but uh but both Jaden Reed and Luke Musgrave sure look like they're ready to play those big roles. And kids, if you ever wanted to have that testimonial or that decision of whether or not to play football or what it's going to take to accept the NFL, excel at the NFL level, just run back that Mike Spofford speech right there. Cause I'll tell you what, I don't think I would have been tough enough to handle it myself. I wouldn't have been no way. Uh, the other thing I love about Reed too. So many years, I said this to you during the game on Saturday, but so many years, you know, people want to protect looks and all oh, you want to get to, but I'll, Packers are running end arounds with Jaden Reed. They don't care. They put it on film. They'll do it in practice, whatever. Because again, I think it's not some trick play. This is going to be this young man's role in the offense, and they want to get those reps down. An explosive young player. And as we've talked about time and time again, Matt Arvin, our beloved Matt Arvin here in the, the game presentation department, he loved Jaden Reed from the beginning. A Michigan State alumnus, always took a liking to this kid coming out of you know that part of the country. But I'll tell you what, he lived up to the hype. And I and I just think there's fast twitch muscle fiber there. I love the way he catches the football. I just feel like he's going to be a difference maker and a, a needle mover and a guy that's going to help you move the chains. And Mike, the more you talk about this football team, if they stay healthy, they have so many of these guys, right? Musgrave falls in that category. Obviously, as we just talked about with Heath, uh, with Reed, you have Heath potentially in that equation. Samori Toure could potentially be coming back. And then, by the way, we're not even talking about Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs. Yeah. And when you're talking about a ceiling for a football team and being on the younger side of things and wanting to see where youth can take you, I mean, there's so many guys to be excited about on this ride. Yeah, and you talk about youth potentially putting points on the board. You got sixth-round draft pick Anders Carlson, at kicker who made a 57-yard field goal at Lambeau. The interesting thing to me, because we talked about a lot of his ups and downs and everything that that he went through, when Anders Carlson was kicking in Lambeau Field this summer, Fine. he was he was spot Money. on with every exactly. I mean, his his uh, his downs in terms of the ups and downs, they took that took place on the practice field over at Nitschke, um, you know, a little bit in Cincinnati in in that first preseason game. When he's been kicking in Lambeau Field, family night, the preseason games, he's been uh he's been as good as anyone and uh um the Packers are uh, are ready to ready to roll there. There is one and this is relates to Anders Carlson. There is one roster move that the Packers did make before we turned on the cameras to 
tape this, and that is they have decided to go young at punter with Daniel Whelan, the veteran Pat O'Donnell, has been released. And, of course, that impacts Carlson because Daniel Whelan will be his holder on place kicks. Um, an interesting decision here for the Packers, but, uh, but you know, Brian Gutekunst, he, he's dropped all kinds of hints. Every time he has spoken with the media over the last several months, he's dropped all kinds of hints that he is not afraid to go young. He is not afraid to put together a young team that he sees potentially growing together. And this uh, initial roster move on Monday that was made at punter certainly speaks to that. It does, Mike, because Pat O'Donnell was one of the three guys the Packers have that was actually over 30 years old. Uh, you know, on a very young football team, he was one of the guys that that you know tended to lean a little bit more towards that veteran side. Uh, first and foremost, you know, we're taping this. We got to get to see what the initial 53 looks like. But if this does work out this way, that Whelan uh, did in fact make the team. I saw a couple things online. I believe he'll be the first Irish-born NFL player in 38 years. Um, certainly, you gotta you know can't overstate the importance of the international part of this uh for the for the league and and where he comes from and you know his development and going to uc davis and you know finding a way through the xfl to get into the nfl i mean this kid's story is pretty remarkable and you know you you, you tip your cap to him because i think so many times mike you and i have covered these training camp battles especially at the specialist positions when you know tim Mastey and mason crosby were here you know, a lot of times it was, they bring in some guys, but at the end of the day, you, you got your, you got your two. Um, you don't really think too much about who that next guy is going to be. And in Whelan's case, he made himself undeniable. I felt, I mean, he showed a world-class foot, both him and Pat O'Donnell. They're really tall, very well-built guys. I mean, no disrespect to Jacob Shum, but you know, you go back to Shum in 16 and Jacob's just a little bit taller than I am. I mean, it was a, a smaller type of smaller type of punter. And now you get these like really long levered guys that can just put the ball you know, miles down the field. Um, that that's going to be the big thing, but also the rapport and the development that's going to have to happen with Waylon, Whelan and uh, Anders Carlson, because that's a big part of the relationship too. I know there was so much trust that got built between Mason and Pat last year. I think that was a big calming influence on Mason and being able to kind of get back on track after the knee injury, after some, you know, we saw in 2021 how difficult things can be at times if the holder situation isn't quite figured out. So they're going to grow together is the biggest thing, but, um, but certainly the green Bay Packers appreciative of what Pat O'Donnell brought and now going to see what lies behind this next door. Yeah. Well, we'll, uh, we'll take a, a further look at uh, where things stand with these roster cuts and the deadline and everything in just a minute, Wes, but some sponsor business first. Sirius XM NFL radio delivers hard hitting analysis and up to the minute NFL news that true football fanatics need 24-7, 365. And at Cousin Subs, we have something for everyone, like our Wisconsin cheese curds, mac and cheese, golden fries, and creamy shakes, all paired with your favorite sub or sub in a bowl, Cousin Subs, 50 years of better. All right, the deadline is 3 p.m. Central Time on Tuesday. The Packers will have to have their roster reduced to the NFL-mandated 53 players then the waiver period goes until I believe it's noon on Wednesday. And then once the waiver period has passed and players have cleared waivers, then teams can start signing players back to their practice squad. And of course there are now 16 spots on the practice squad. So there's a lot, there's going to be a lot of interest obviously in how this works out because, because honestly, Wes going into this, we don't really know are the how many 
how many running backs are the Packers going to have on the 53? How many wide receivers is it going to be six? Is it going to be seven? What are they going to do at tight end? Tyler Davis, who's out for the season, he was never really replaced. So is that a spot where Brian Gutekunst and company will be looking at the waiver wire to possibly claim somebody or sign a veteran, you know, who gets released maybe unexpectedly. There are all kinds of possibilities out there. And, uh, and we just have to, we just have to wait and see what happens because for as much as you can, you try to get a handle on it and there are certain things that you think, you know, and this is how this puzzle piece is going to fit here and there. There is always something that happens at, the roster cutdown deadline that surprises us that none of us really saw coming. There's a decision made that the personnel department's been thinking about it, but they kept it under wraps and, and, and suddenly it's a, it's a surprise to everyone. So we'll just have to see what that might be come Tuesday afternoon. Yeah, it's very difficult. It's a tough situation. And obviously your heart goes out to a lot of these guys because these are their hopes and dreams, Mike. I mean, there's so many guys I talk to and listen to in the locker room after the game. I mean, talking about how, you know, you got to keep a level head. You have to stay focused. I know Emmanuel Wilson, I thought, had a really interesting point about how he planned to spend the day. And, you know, he likes to journal. He journals everything that he does. And, you know, he there's a, by the rookie hotel, there's a late, you know, a little bit of body water down there. He was just going to go down there and pray and just try to stay as steady as you can be because ultimately the the work is done. I mean, now you just got to kind of wait for the the final results to to show themselves and then figure out, hey, is it 53? Is it practice squad? Is it somewhere else in the NFL? I think the hardest thing for me this time of the year isn't even necessarily the guys that are just on the bubble. It's the guys that you know that are out there that maybe aren't going to get another opportunity, that they actually did play their last NFL football or their last football game uh, in that Saturday night at Lambeau Field against the Seahawks because the story eventually for everybody ends at some point. For me, it was fifth grade, but I mean, for everybody – you know, it there there is that turning of the page. So seeing the dreams come true too is always fun. As I, you know, I've been well documented the the 18 year consecutive streak of the Packers having at least one undrafted rookie make the week one roster that had to get a little modified a couple of years ago because of Chris Barnes not actually making the initial 53, but then being brought on after Kamal Martin was put on IR. So I had to make that slight modification, but when it comes to an undrafted rookie making this team, it had, it's been 18 straight years dating back to Ted Thompson's first year as general manager. So that is probably always the underlying story to this, seeing who potentially could be that guy, but also just seeing how these positions, you know, ultimately sort out, right? Because depending on who you keep, where has ramifications for rich Passaccia's special teams as well. And as yep. we've seen the last few years, a lot more emphasis being placed on that with how the Packers build out their 53. So it's a nerve wracking time, but it also is an exciting time because now after months of conversation and, you know, reporting back for the off season program four months ago, now we finally get to see the 2023 off 2023 Packers take form here as the offense switches over to Jordan Love. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from 
crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so, I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, and the other interesting piece to watch too, now sometimes things happen, sometimes they don't, but this year the Packers are the highest they've been in the waiver claim order at this time of year since 2019, which was the last time the Packers were coming off of a non-playoff season. So that's how you get, that's how you end up higher in the waiver claim order. Now, back in 2019, the Packers didn't actually claim anybody during this, uh, this period of the roster cutdowns when they were higher up in the order. We will see if that potentially happens this time around or not, but you, when you're sitting at, uh, I'm trying to remember now, is it 15th? I believe 15th. the Packers yep. are the, that's, you know, that's a very different spot than when you're, you know, 26th or 28th or, you know, something like that when certain players become available. So, uh, so another thing to watch, and there will be a lot of both with the wave, the waiver process, the practice squad signings, there'll be a lot of roster machinations between now and Wednesday afternoon. And then as you just alluded to with Chris Barnes and, and situations like that, maybe somebody gets activated to the 53, um, you know, before the first game against the Chicago bears. So it's a, it's a, constantly fluid situation as Brian Gutekunst says roster building roster management is a, is a 24 7 365 thing just so happens that these next couple of days are probably the the busiest with the most activity in the shortest period of time that you're going to find on the NFL calendar two things Michael quickly one will the Chicago Bears claim six players again this year we'll we'll wait and see there the, the world stands in suspense but but two Chris Barnes will forever go down to me as the cheekiest move uh, the Packers have made here in the last 25 years, because not only did they cut him, they kept Kamal Martin so that Martin could be designated to return. Cause he was going to be up by basically the first half of the season. They re-signed Chris Barnes then. And then he was the Mike linebacker in that game starts that next Sunday against the Minnesota Vikings, things that were only made possible thanks to the COVID pandemic. I doubt there's any way that would have ever worked out. Otherwise there would have been too much, too much of Chris Barnes out there. Yeah, exactly. If, if Chris Barnes plays preseason games as an undrafted rookie in 2020 starting. (laughs) Yeah. He, he probably does not uh, clear waivers, but the Packers were the only ones who had any film on him. They had him in practice. They knew what they had. There were no preseason games in the COVID year. So when Chris Barnes, name is out there on the waiver where he was just a name, you know, there was names, nobody, nobody knew anything about him. And, uh, but you're right. That was a, uh, that was a clever little move. The Packers pulled uh, a few years back. So we'll see what, uh, we'll see what Brian Gutekunst has in his back pocket this time around. And I'm cheering for Chris. He's down in Arizona. It sounded like he had a pretty productive preseason. So hopefully things work out for him down there. Packers got really deep at inside backer the last couple of years, but I definitely believe that Chris Barnes is still an NFL player. Yeah, I would, uh, I would certainly agree with that. So uh, with that, we will call it a wrap on this edition of Packers unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team. By the time we do the next show, we will know what the roster is. We should know what the practice squad is, and we'll be looking ahead to uh, where things are headed in week one. And hopefully Wes and I will be, you know, in closer proximity. So um, thank you for tuning in, everybody. We will see you next time.
Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.